Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today. My name is Pastor Luke. If you haven't met me before, uh, great to see you here. Thanks for coming along. And uh, we just want to share some stuff today. Um, interestingly, we're going to read the, the scripture that Pastor Hardy already um, shared just a, a smidgen of, but we're going to go through it um, in Luke 24. Because we're here, we're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus got out of that tomb. And, uh, and he is alive and he is risen. That's what we're celebrating today. Amen. All right. On the first day of the week, oh, sorry, I'm going to read from, you can read along with me, it's on the screen, uh, it's from the NIV, but if you've got another version, that's, that's fine. Um, but it's Luke 24, and we're going to read the whole chapter. So it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices that they'd prepared and went to the tomb. So Jesus has died, he's in the tomb, all the disciples are freaking out a bit, what's going on, they're all together, um, and the, the, the women have prepared some spices that they would put on, on the body. So they, they took the spices that they prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. How bright were their clothes? Like lightning. Um, it gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, you can imagine, the women bowed down to their, with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? It's a great line. He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Remember, there's no Judas, so there's eleven at the moment. They replaced Judas later on as one of the, as a, as to make up the twelve again. But at the moment, there's eleven, and there's all the others as well. There's all the other disciples of Jesus. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women. Because their words seem to them like nonsense. I love that. I love that line. You can just imagine the women come back. We've just been to the tomb. It's empty. He's not there. You, I, I, what's going on? And they're like, all right. Okay. Did you go? You know it's not the tomb at the first. You've got to go around the side. Do you know where it is? You know, there's like a big stone there. We saw the stone. The stone was there. It was... It was yeah, okay, you guys, all right, it sounds like a bit of nonsense, we don't know what you're talking about, it's a very, very strange thing to say. And uh, Pastor Hardy alluded to this verse, I love it, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what just happened. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, and he wasn't alone. And John records this in his gospel. Let's see how John records this part of the story. John 20 verse 3 says, So Peter and the other disciples... So John has this thing where he doesn't say his name. He calls himself the other disciple. So when it says the other disciple, he's talking about himself. So he says, Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple, this is John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I love how I needed to add that part. 
That's important. In case you're wondering, I'm a faster runner than Peter. All right? So I ran, I got there first, all right? He bent over, he's talking about himself, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, just busting in like Peter does. Went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. And saw, he saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So he says they saw and believed. And for me, the way I read that is like they now believe that Jesus isn't there. They've heard the story. It was nonsense before. They get there and now, they, now they're believing that something's going on here. Jesus is not in the tomb. But verse 9 says they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So no doubt went back and told the story again. Guys, you can't believe this. What the girl said is right. He's not there. Why do, I, why do I like Peter? I like Peter a lot. And um, there's so many cool things about Peter. But one of the things that we read here when it says Peter got up and ran to the tomb. I love it because Peter uses what God gave him, his legs and his body, to go and investigate himself. You know, They're hearing this story and it says that all the people are sort of going, oh, I'm not sure about it. That doesn't sound right. Are you sure you went to the right place? Is it, is it right? You know, It kind of sounds like nonsense to them. But Peter looks at John, John looks at Peter and they just get up and bolt. They just go, I'm going to go and find out this thing for myself. And I love that, that Peter just get ups, gets up to go and investigate himself. And you know, sometimes it's easy for us to accept things maybe the way that they're presented to us or we hear what the group is saying. You know, if we're in that group and people are saying, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think you guys have really got it right. It sounds like nonsense to us. We're not really sure about that or whatever. And we can be caught up sometimes, can't we, where people are saying certain things around us and we go, yeah, that's probably right or whatever. But Peter goes, gets up runs to the tomb, goes and investigates to himself. And I believe that that's what the Lord wants us to do as well. When there's something that we're not quite sure about, about or whatever, that we would run to the Lord, that we would run to him to find out. You know, sometimes we might start a new job or something rather and people say, oh, look, you won't get on with these people or they're clicky or, you know, this is the way it is with these guys or, you know, yeah, you've probably met this guy but he's no good because blah, 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 whatever. And it's easy for us to get sucked along with, oh, well, someone said it, you know, we just go along with that, you know, just go along with what the group thinks or whatever. But I take from this, I love the way Peter just goes, I've heard what you said, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to go and investigate and find out myself, you know. And when we hear things or when there's like group speak, if you like, where people are talking about stuff and maybe running stuff down, I just encourage us that we go, I'm going to go and run to the tomb myself. I'm going to find out what Jesus says about this. I don't have to take that on board. You know, we're different to everybody else. We don't just have to take on what the world says to us. Psalm 91 says, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not harm me. Because why? Because I've got Jesus in my life. I'm different. I'm different. If we're not different because we're Christians, then what's the point? What's the point? We are different, you know, and so we run to Jesus. We say, hey, I'm not sure about this. This is what everybody else is saying, but I want to hear it straight from you. And I love that Peter and John did that. They just jumped on their, on their, uh, on their feet and, uh, and went. You know, um, I, it's interesting for those that 
um, you know, if you surf on the on the on the interweb and find things and stuff like, there's a whole. You can if you go on YouTube, you can f if you start watching clips on people that have got an opinion about something else, you can be there for 20 years. Like you know, people just want to tell you what they think about something else. Sadly, about the church as well. There are just people that have whole YouTube channels um, that are dedicated to just saying that church is no good, that guy is no good, blah blah whatever. You know, if we get, like. And recently there was that um, um, uh, revival that happened in the university. At, um, and, you know, if you looked it up like I did, you would have found all these people saying, oh, it's great, and all these people saying, oh, it's not great because they're singing the wrong song and they're not doing this and oh, it's not right and, you know, blah, blah. I don't think this is of God. You know, this is probably of the devil. And everyone's, you know the people that I, li I liked the best? The people that got on and said, I wasn't really sure about it, so I just turned up and just worshipped with these guys. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Just run to the tomb. Just go there. Just go there. Just be part of it. You know, two, three years down the track, work out to yourself, hey, what was that? What was God doing there? You know, right now, just get in. Just worship. Just be part of it. You know, and that's what God wants to call us to do. So if you find yourself getting sucked into those things where you're listening to voices and like people saying, oh, you know, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. But you know what? We need to just put that aside and say, hey, Jesus, just, you just talk to me. I'm just coming to you. I just want to hear what you have to say. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be different to everybody else. We can be different. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's a good point. All right. Did you write it down? Okay. Um, point number two um, is that uh, I like how Peter has faith when he doesn't really have faith. Like we, we see that they're all talking and they're all saying, oh, I don't know if this is true or whatever. But like even when Peter doesn't know if he has faith, he takes off for the tomb because it's like, just, just figure this thing out. And that's like a, a bit of a theme um, for, for Peter. You know, like when he's, when he's in the boat and Jesus is walking on the water and he's like, um, you know, he doesn't really know if it's Jesus, is it you? If it's you, call me out. You know, I don't know. I don't know if my faith level is high here or low or whatever. Certainly when he puts his foot on the water, that takes a, an element of faith. And then later on he's sinking and we say, well, did he run out of faith? What's going on? What I love about Peter is that when he, he has faith when he doesn't even have faith. You know, one minute he's saying, uh, Jesus says to him, you know, who am I? He says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you can't even know. Is that it? Am I done? <laughs> you can't even know that except for that God has explained that to you and God's told you about that. You know, he's, Peter's like, man, I'm hearing directly from God. Next minute, next minute, Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about, you know? And like Peter goes through this, and there's more examples, but I just love how he always is prepared to put his faith out there and just go for it. And I believe that that's what, what we need to be. And you know, sometimes we, we might look at people or we hear things said about people and we say, oh, this person just has a, a deep faith that is enduring, that, is, that has never been shaken, that, that, that is always there. God is always bless their life and, and, and that's true of, of, of some people we think it is but I encourage us because sometimes our faith falters right sometimes we go through difficult patches sometimes we get it wrong and sometimes we can get down on ourselves when that happens but I want, I want us to be the people that we have faith even when we don't have faith so when something's going on in your family something difficult something hard and you're just like I don't even know what God's doing here I'm not hearing from God on this I'm, I'm lost in this situation just have faith in that time as well, you know. Don't think, oh, well, now I'm a bad Christian because, like, I've got these bad things happen to me and I don't know what God's doing. I don't feel like God's speaking to me, so now I'm a bad Christian, so now I'm not going to go to church and now I'm just going to go backwards, blah, 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 and we just go down this slippery slope. But what we want to do is just say, God, I don't know what is going on. 
I don't know what's happening here, but I'm just going to look to you anyway. I'm just going to have faith. I don't, even, I don't even feel the faith. I don't even feel like anything's going on in my heart, but God, I'm just going to come towards you and have faith towards you. That's the kind of faith. That's the kind of faith that Peter has, you know, where he goes, I don't know what's going on. Let's run there and find out. Let's just go and see what Jesus is doing. So I love that Peter has faith when he doesn't seem to have faith. And I love that Peter moved rapidly towards Jesus. It's along the same lines. And there's a pattern in his, in his life, you know, when he says you are the Christ, he's like moving quickly towards Jesus. When, he, when he's in the boat, he's moving towards Jesus. In this situation, when they say what they say, he thinks, oh, I'm going to go and find out for myself. He's moving uh, towards Jesus. And I don't think any coincidence that God was able to use him so mightily because at every opportunity he might have made some mistakes, he might have messed things up, but he's moving towards Jesus. He always wants to be towards Jesus. And when, when Jesus is crucified, um, he, he wants to get as close as he can. It's like he's out, out in the courtyard there. He's, he's ma- still making mistakes, you know? One minute, it's like, Jesus, everybody else will leave you, but I'll never leave you. Next minute... Oh, no, no, with him? No, I'm, no, not me, not me, I'm not with him. You know, and he's still making mistakes, but in faith he's like, I just, I still need to, I want to be near Jesus, I want to be close to Jesus. So even though we make mistakes, let's draw close to him, draw close to him as much as we can. You know, I don't think it's any coincidence then that God could use him, that he stood up and spoke his first sermon, 3,000 people get saved, he's instrumental in the church following that, and the Gentiles come in, and it's like amazing things happen. And I just look at this guy who, who is like, whatever the opportunity is, no matter what I've done, no matter what I feel, no matter if I've got it wrong or anything like that, I'm just going to move rapidly towards Jesus. I'm just going to keep moving towards Jesus. And that's the person I want to be and that I would encourage us all to be, that whatever is happening in your life, and there are, there are difficult things that happen. You know, if you're like anybody else in this room, there are difficult things that happen in your life, hard things to deal with, hard stuff that seems like, where is God? What's going on? What's, what's happening here? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond to that. My encouragement to you is when that happens, move rapidly towards God. Our natural tendency is to move away from him. We say, I don't know, this is not working out. This is not happening. I thought I was faithful. doesn't seem to be working for me. But when those things happen, move rapidly towards God. Let's continue reading Luke 24. On the road to Emmaus, verse 13. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. Am I saying that right? Emmaus. About seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing. Can you imagine him? Can you imagine walking along? Some bloke comes up. You don't realize it's Jesus for some reason. Your eyes are not open to that. And now you're talking to the risen Christ. So he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? I love this. Jesus says, what things? <laughs> tell, tell me. Tell me about it. They said, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. 
but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb. Now they're talking about John and Peter. Our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking to them, how foolish you are. Like if, he, if, he, if Jesus was Aussie, he would have said, you idiots. <laughs> and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Wouldn't you have loved to be there for that conversation? Holy dooly. Um, and remember, the scriptures in those days, it, it was the Old Testament. That's what they had. There was no New Testament that was about to happen. But it's the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. And Jesus goes through the Old Testament scriptures and starts telling them all about himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks broke it and began to give it to them. See the symbolism there, like from the Last Supper. He takes the bread again and, and breaks it and gave thanks and began to give it to them and their eyes were open and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. Jesus is gone. And they asked each other, oh, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. It's interesting. It's, it's the end of the day. It's night time. They're having the evening meal. They've been walking. They've walked, what was it, seven miles or something? What's that, 10 or 12 k's? 10, 12, 11, who's good at maths? Fair way. And um, they've got there. They're having dinner. This happens. And then it says they, um, oh, I've lost my spot. They, 33 says, then they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. It's like, hey, it's getting dark. It's going to be late when we get there. Let's go back. We've got to tell everyone what's going on. There they found the 11. By now it's late. And those with them assembled together and saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. We don't, we don't hear about that part where he's appeared to Simon Peter in this, in this part. But, um, but obviously they've, they've picked that up along the way or they've heard that along the way or Jesus told them or something rather. Then the two told them what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they'd seen a ghost. And he says to them, why are you troubled? And why do your doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. It's, it's myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, to me that's like a, you're here, it's you. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's not believable. What's going on? Is this a dream? What's, what's happening? Um, and when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broad fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Can you imagine that? They're just like looking at him going, what? <laughs> What's going on? And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. 
Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from high. I find it interesting, the common theme here. This is kind of like two stories going on here. One is the, the road to Emmaus, and he appears to the, the two there, and he starts talking to them, and what does he do? What does he talk about? He opens up the scriptures, right? He opens up the scriptures and says, hey, this is what it says about me. This is, this is, this is so you can understand what the scriptures mean. And then he gets together with all the disciples and all the people in the room. And while he's eating his fish, he says to them, this is what I told you when I was still must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And it says he opened their minds so they understood the scriptures. So it was really important to Jesus, that he explained the scriptures and how he was the fulfillment of scripture to the disciples and all those people. And, and why, why is that, I ask myself? Why, is, why was that so important that Jesus would say that? I think there's probably many reasons, but you know, one reason that I think of, it's like if you, if you promise like a, a kid to take them uh, to get ice cream or something, have you ever done this, and then you get there, you're having the ice cream, and then you say, see, I promised you. I promised you we were going to have ice cream, and look, we're having ice cream right now. And I think part of it is God wanting to tell us, you know what, I promised you all this stuff. I promised this to you. And look, here is the fulfillment of the promise. This is the stuff that was written in the scriptures. And now it's being fulfilled. He wanted them to understand that this is actually fulfilling um, the promise. And, um, and also relate back to uh, one of the first things that Jesus said when he uh, started his public ministry which is back in Luke 4 we'll turn to that Luke 4 1821 remember the time Jesus stands in the in the temple people don't really know him that well at this stage and he reads um, from the from the scroll uh, from the prophet Isaiah and he says the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him then he began he began by saying to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing i think right at the beginning of jesus ministry and right at the end of jesus ministry it's very important that jesus let his followers know this is scripture being fulfilled right in front of you this is the messiah that's been spoken about it's me i'm he and, um, and I think that's so special. Matthew 5, verse 17, 18, Jesus says, Don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. He's very clear about that. The law was kept perfectly by Christ. And the penalty of our sin was poured out on him. Therefore, the law is no longer the path to righteousness. Jesus himself is the path. Romans uh, 10.4 says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. And so when we have Christ, everything changes. 
Everything is different for us. And things are different from those Old Testament ways. Um, the blood sacrifices that they, that they used to make ceased because Christ fulfilled the sacrifice once and for all. In Hebrews 9.12, I'm going to scoot through a couple of things here. Hebrews 9.12, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. You know, there was a priesthood that stood between man and God, and that, that was dismantled. Hebrews 7, 23, 24 says, Now there have been many priests, many of those priests, since death prevented them from continuing in office. So it's sort of saying one priest would, would carry on after the other one died, and they would go on like that. Verse 24 says, But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood so he becomes our priest and you know then there's no geographical center of christianity isn't that awesome like there's no there's no um place temple city thing that we've got to visit um as like that's our christian duty that's the center of where god is Christ himself becomes the temple um, he becomes the place where we go so so right here right now this is where we can worship God. And that's so awesome. I love the part, uh, John 4, 21, 23. We'll, we'll read that um, when Jesus is talking to the, to the woman at the well. And he says, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He's saying, hey, the place is not going to be important. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is of the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. That's good news, isn't it? Matthew 18.20 says, For when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. The food laws, laws change. Jesus pronounces, he says in Mark, uh, that of course the Jews and the, and the scriptures were like very strict on the food and what they could, what they could eat. And Jesus says um, in Mark 7, 18, 19, um, are you so dull, he asked. <laughs> what would that be in Aussie? <laughs> um, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? He's talking about food. For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, then out of the body. So Jesus is saying, hey, all food is good now. All food is good. And the temple veil is torn. The divide between man and God is when Jesus was on the cross. Matthew 27, 50 to 52. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Amazing moment. And what did it mean? That, that curtain of that temple was like, you can only come so far, but you can't come right into the, the Holy of Holies. It's only for the, for the most high priest, you know, and you can't do that. But Jesus says, none of that anymore. That curtain is broken. That curtain is ripped from top to bottom. And you can come and you can approach me. Jesus changed things. He changed things when he came. I'm just going to finish the reading. It's Luke 24, verse 50. If I can get the music team up, because we're going to do another song after this. Um, Luke 24, verse 50. When he led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy 
and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Can you imagine being one of these people who actually witnessed these things happen and actually saw Jesus bless them and then get taken up into heaven? No wonder it says they worshipped him. They went back to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. These are the people that gave their lives for Jesus. I mean, people might say, oh, well, there's a bit of history there. I'm not sure if it's a real story or whatever. There are people that saw this happen and, it, and they gave their lives for this thing. You wouldn't give your life for something that is a lie. You wouldn't say, oh, that was, yeah, was kind of cool. Yeah, was kinda, yeah. Anyway, but uh, we'll get on with life now. Jesus is gone or whatever. These people were changed for good. They were different people, you know. Um, and, and they just couldn't be the same. You know, when we have an encounter with Jesus, when we really meet Jesus, we have an encounter with him, we can't be the same. We can't be the same again. We're going to be different people to what we were before. Yeah? And I want to be a different person. Um, I want to be a different person. I want to be a person that runs after God, that goes after God, that has seen what, who, who Jesus is and cannot be the same again. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. If you want to know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.